And so I sat in the chair and went right back. And I mean, I didn't bang my head really hard, but my first reaction was I was laughing because <laughs> I'm like, you really expect me to do this? Um, because at the time I'm like, oh, I'm 55. What am I doing in this car? Um, but, but now I'm 60 and it's like, my God, I'm like, I've just been invited to the do tour. I'm 60. I'm like, Holy moly, my life is pretty darn fabulous. This is the Learn With Lels podcast. I'm Caitlin Jinko, also known as Lels. I believe that lifelong learning is so important. It allows us to keep improving ourselves and the world around us. And what better way to do that than to hear stories from people of all different walks of life. On the Learn With Lels podcast, I speak with people whom I think the world needs to hear from and with people whom I just think are interesting. We talk about their lives and the lessons they've been learning along the way. I'm very grateful that you've taken the time to listen. I hope you enjoy and that you keep on learning. Hi, everybody, and thank you for listening to episode 42 of the Learn With Lyle's podcast. On this episode, I spoke with Tracy Garagashay, a six-year-old wheelchair skateboarder from Venice Beach, California. In our conversation, Tracy and I talked about her multiple sclerosis diagnosis and how she never let it hold her back, how Tracy got into this unique sport despite originally being reluctant to use a wheelchair, how dreams can change and why we should be flexible, and Tracy's advice on conquering fears from doing tricks in an extreme sport to trying something new at an older age. Tracy is a true badass. She embodies so much of what I want to be and what I want this blog and podcast to represent. Being yourself, lifelong learning, joy, kindness, conquering fears, going for your dreams, and cool-ass sports. I hope that you learn from Tracy's journey and that you enjoy listening to this episode. Also, good luck to Tracy as, at the time of recording this, she's on her way to the Do Tour, her first adaptive skateboard competition ever. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, for our listeners, do you mind just introducing yourself? Um, yeah, my name is Tracy Garrickashay. Um, I'm actually quite proud of my age. I'm 60 years old, and I skate a sport called WCMX, which is actually wheelchair skateboarding. Yeah, so awesome. And so, yeah, like I was just saying to you, um, I found you on Instagram a little bit ago. And yeah, as we were talking about, I longboard. So I follow a lot of longboarders and skateboarders. And then I came across your account and to, and prior to seeing you, I'd never seen anybody like dropping into bowls and taking on skate parks in a wheelchair. So when I saw your account, I was just like, this woman is a badass and I need to talk to her and follow her. So how long have you been a skater for? I have been skating about almost six years now. Mm -hmm. So I, I came to skateboarding a little late in my life. It's and, and boy, am I glad I did. It's yeah. just, it's been a blast. It really mm -hmm. has. Yeah. I wish I'd done it sooner. Yeah. So can you talk about how you got into the sport? Um, well, when I, I got into it in kind of a strange way, I had been volunteering at UCLA in an adaptive program and they had a lot of little kids and we were, um, I would watch them play basketball. I was totally in love with these kids and I would help out in the bicycling program. 
And so I was just kind of like a chaperone. And they were going to a skate park and they invited me. And I'm like, you know, what's better than a picnic with a bunch of kids? How fun is that? And of course, I wanted to see it too. So I went along and one of the, uh, one of the ladies there said, Hey, you want to try my wheelchair? And at that time I was walking with a cane and I'm like, you know, all these doctors have been saying, yeah, you gotta, yeah, gotta. and it's like, I did not want to sit in a wheelchair until I really had to. And it was just, it was, it's a weird mindset. And, and I was like, and so she talked me into it. And the first thing I did when I sat in that wheelchair was I fell over backwards and banged my head and I'm like, okay, let's go. And so I got into it. <laughs> no, right? And kind of a weird reaction. But yeah. um, then I went down into the skate park and I was like, okay, this is it. This is really fun. And I had a blast. It was such an amazing feeling just going up the walls. And, and she's like, oh, my God, look what you just did. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, that was really kind of natural. Well, of course, the next time you go in, it's not natural anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it becomes a little more difficult. But, you know, we you know, I talked about it with this woman again. And she's like, well, why are you still walking? Because I was walking so incredibly slow and every step was so painful. And this is all part of the story because I wasn't sure that I wanted to have a wheelchair yet. Mm -hmm. And so it took a little while to actually get a wheelchair. Um, and, and of course the wheelchairs that we use for skateboarding are, are a little bit different than your standard wheelchair. Um, and so it, you know, took some, some doing and you know once i actually bit the bullet with which is about two weeks later you know wheelchairs are pretty awesome mm -hmm. and it's like you know i can still walk around the house with a cane and it's still really painful but life is golden with the wheelchair especially now that i have a new sport and it's like what was you doing bicycling because you're sunny side up you are lying there with your face in the sun and you're, you know, it's like, that's no fun on this mm -hmm. three wheel uh, mechanism. You know, I've got four wheels now and I'm going faster. It's, yeah. It's a class. So that's, that's how so I cool. came about skateboarding. Mm -hmm. I was doing some social media creeping. So um, yeah. I saw that in the late 2000s, you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Yeah. I have, I have MS and mm -hmm. yeah, that was, um, at least you, you actually kind of know that, uh, well, I think, well, I don't know, was it, was it, see, I don't even know the date. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is something that's not really important to me, but yeah, I did get a diagnosis, I think sometime around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, to me, it was just another day, um, because the reality is, my guess is I've had it my whole entire life um, because I always knew there was something wrong. And that was just another day because things had gotten a little out of hand. Um, in, in, you know, the vertigo had gotten, gotten quite bad. 
Um, and there was a lot of other things going on at the time that were just not quite right. Um, and made things just a little difficult, uh, pain level wise, but you know, you, eventually you do get used to that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, isn't that weird? Yeah. I just, I was yeah. reading it in you like an hour. Found that out? Wow. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering about it the other day. Somebody had asked me, and I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. So, wow. So your reaction to getting that diagnosis, it wasn't like a shock or anything? It was... No, no. Um, because uh, the first MRI on my brain, I was 18 years old. Um, and they had a, a big... It was, it was in a truck and they had it parked out in front of a local hospital. And it was one of the first MRI machines locally. And my neurologist at the, t- uh, when I did get that diagnosis, um, he had been asking me and I said, yeah, you know, I had this MRI in my brain and it was, you know, I was 18 years old. And he goes, yeah, I remember. I remember when they parked that truck out that exit hospital and, um, and, and it was inconclusive. And at the time, it was inconclusive because the technology wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technology has gotten so much better. Um, the problem, they still have a problem with technology because they still can't see everything, um, which doesn't really bother me because I don't care. Um, I know what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's neither here nor there. And I know kind of what to expect or not expect because there's really no clear pathway. So anything that happens to my body is not shocking. It's just another thing or another day or I'm becoming weaker or my eyesight's getting worse or it's, it's, it's all just another day. It's just another pathway. Mm-hmm. And. And we're all going to get to the same place in the end. And I'm not in a hurry and I'm not in a race. I just want to have quality of life. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't worry about the other stuff like dates or times or, or how many lesions I've got on my brain or, you know, the only important thing is where, where some of the more important lesions are. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was important at one time. And now I couldn't less. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I know it, it's, you know, why, it, you know, I could live in my illness like some people do, but I have the type of illness that, you know, I don't have to, don't have to get, well, I do take medications every day and I do take quite a bit of them, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, well, I probably should see more doctors and I should see them more often, but it's my choice not to mm-hmm. because I feel like I have more control this way. Yeah. And it's a, it's kind of a personal choice because I feel like I need to be out doing things. I feel better personally. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. Skating makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, playing with the kids, that makes me feel great. I mm-hmm. love kids. You yeah. Know, I, I, there's so much joy um, in in being with kids or teaching them a skill or just listening to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, their eyes light up. You know, there's 
there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people would be able to adopt this outlook that you have, which I feel is so amazing. Like, have you always been like this? Um, well, the thing that I do know is when I was younger, I knew that there was something different, like health wise about me. I knew that there was something wrong. And there was like one defining moment when we, I was at a doctor's office and you know, you're a kid and, and you know that you're not being believed. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of, okay, well, maybe there's nothing wrong. You know, maybe my complaints are just, you know, here, we'll give you this cream to put on your face sort of thing, or we'll give you this, you know, ointment to put on your skin. It's that sort of thing. I can't recall what it was, but I do remember thinking that, okay, well, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because honestly, I did come from a family with a lot of boys and you know, we were, we were strong and, and we didn't cry and we didn't, you know, we were always, you know, really competitive about things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just got on and, and did things. Mm-hmm. So that was just another thing. And it's like, you know, well, someday this will help. You know, it, it, it was just a given. I, I thought to myself, there's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just the difference between me being a girl or them being a boy. I don't know, but mm-hmm. certainly nobody listened. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting how nobody listening a trip like contributed to your positive outlook now. Well, you know, it, it there was nothing you can do. See, it, there's also a, a difference in age between the two of us, and it was a different time. You know, we would get dressed up like we were going to a Sunday church service to to go to the doctor. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of respect and a lot of fear. So if somebody told me back then that you are absolutely 100% fine, I would have doubted myself. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I also knew that, you know, no, I, you know, I, 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 th- I know, I know this hurts. Yeah, I know this. Um, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do? This is a, this is a man of great respect here. Yeah. But it's kind of like you respect your elders mm-hmm. sort of thing. You respect the doctor. Yeah. yeah. You respect, you know, these, the banker, you respect the, you know, all these different people. It was the same situation in, in my generation. You respected all these different people. And of course your, your parents did as well because they were, they were smart and very well educated. Mm-hmm. Doctors were very, were golden back then. Now it's like, I feel like I have been through the medical system for such a long time and for so many different things. And one of, one of the funniest diagnoses I've ever gotten was you have an inner ear virus and you'll have it again. And that was after that MRI at 18. Hmm, wow. And and that, you know, but on the other hand, it's a good thing because imagine being told you have a disease that there's no treatment and no cure for and you're 18 years old mm-hmm. and you haven't been to college yet. You're just about to go. So in a way that was golden because there's nothing you can do about that either. So would you rather have vertigo 
Or would you really have multiple sclerosis that nobody knows anything about? Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) So, So, yeah. You kind of just got used to not thinking about it too much and then just... No, I was... Because I had vertigo. Yeah. And it it would last for like, you know, four or five months. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't get used to that, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So before you said that you were... um, kind of hesitant to get into the wheelchair at first yes. why was that um it, stupidity I can look at it now as stupidity um because growing up you were always or my family you never gave up you pushed through you you know, you finished what you started, you, you know, you, you were, you, you just did what was right. Now, what was right and being told by these doctors that I once believed in, um, walk, you need to walk. But, but on the other hand, you know, I know how, how my, the, my quality of life, um, was kind of not as optimal as I would have liked. I still had quality of life, but over the years I had already had to put things that I loved off to the side and, you know, sure. I had my biking, but you know, biking hurt because I needed to put my feet on the pedals and, you know, there, but, but it was a sport and I could go fast and, um, and, and I would go walk with my friends and it's like, you know, I lost a lot of friends. I always had a walking group and, and it was like, well, you can't walk with us. You can't keep up or you have no, I had a friend. I can't be friends with you anymore. You have no stamina. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, guess what solved that problem? I'm sitting here looking at one of my wheelchairs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it solved the problem. Um, this, my wheelchairs are, it's one of the best gifts I've given myself ever um and and it it was my pride the Mm -hmm. pride of walking no my wheelchair is the most fabulous thing ever ever Mm -hmm. i'm a goddess when i'm in my wheelchair (laughs) it's like people look at me now but i think they look at me in a better way than when i was walking because if you saw me walk you would think I was either on drugs or drunk. So I would like to know like how, cause you mentioned before that the first time you got into the wheelchair, you fell and hit your head. Like how were you able to continue? I feel like I would be like, Oh, now I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I wasn't nervous because it was a group of women I knew and we were sitting in it. I mean, you know, let's paint the picture. It was a group of like six women and we were sitting in a circle and, you know, a couple of them were sitting on a wall and I sit in this wheelchair. And of course the balance in a skate chair is so that it throws you backwards because you, you're going around in a wheelie a lot. And I didn't know that. And so I sat in the chair and went right back. And I mean, I didn't bang my head really hard. But my first reaction was I was laughing because <laughs> I'm like, you really expect me to do this? Um, because at the time I'm like, oh, I'm 55. What am I doing in this car? Um, but, but now I'm 60 and it's like, my God, 
I'm like, I've just been invited to the do tour. I'm 60. I'm like, holy moly, my life is pretty darn fabulous. Who does this? I'm like, I'm like, I'm still not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. So everyone at the skate park has been like welcoming to you? Um, for the most part, yeah. I, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people are shocked. And people will say, "Do you really, you really go down there?" And they're like, oh. "The kids are like, I want to see, I want to see." And I'm like, okay, well, let me get warmed up first. And you know, a lot of times, I'll let the kids try my chair, or you know, even some of the adults will try my chair. Some of the pros have a go. You know, I don't let them do anything where they're, they'll fall. I don't let them do wheelies. I don't let them have my experience. But, you know, it's it's good. I think that more people should try maybe the, the kind of chair that kids get from insurance or adults get from insurance because then they would probably, you know, they would all go out and say, hey, you know, kids should get chairs that are durable <laughs> because that, that's kind of my thing. Um, my thing is I want kids to, to be able to play in their chairs and it takes a better chair. But no, you know, I, I everyone, it's one experience that we can have um, to share. You know, we can't change our skin. We can't change our hair. We can't change the, the sides of our bodies. But you can see what it's like to go to a grocery store in a wheelchair. And have that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be pretty interesting. Um, you know how people would treat you. And a lot of times it's pretty comical. Um, and it's just, you know, it's taught me a great deal of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of, on the other hand, I've learned to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. The only time I don't have fun with it is when people pull their kids away. Mm-hmm. Because it's not something you can catch. Yeah. Not, I'm not sneezing on you. <laughs> you know, it's not something you can catch. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, um, and it's like, you know, ask me a question. Ask me, and some kids do, and it's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to know something, the best way to get an answer is to ask. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, people say to their kids, oh, leave her alone. I'm like, no, don't leave me alone. Come over here and talk to me. I love you. Come over here. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So what do you mean? Like in a grocery store? Like, yeah, well, well, today, uh, today was really unique. Um, I'd come from the skate park and I stopped by the grocery store and this woman kept on going by me and she's like, Oh, whoops. whoops." And she would go like by me, like really fast, like, like she was in my way and she was with friends and she would go to her friends and she, and it was like, it was like really obvious that she was, I don't know what she was doing, but it's kind of, you know, people will like stop right in front of you. And then like, because they expect you to go past them or, and it's like, no, I'm stopped here getting apples. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of, they mean to be polite, but this other woman, I don't know what her deal was, hmm. um, but it was really weird. It's kind of uncomfortable, but no, people do weird things. Um, I've been going down the sidewalk and I've had people tell me I'm going too fast. 
Oh, <laughs> I know. So I actually got i i have a I have a good comeback for that one. I said, "Would you say that to a runner?" <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> it's, it's always a good comeback, but it's mm-hmm. kind of you know, we are all so different. But you know, it, this is one way to figure out what people are like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a secret disguise. Yeah. So, like in kind of encounters, like at the grocery store, or like on the sidewalk, how do those differ compared to the encounters that you have at the skate park? Well, the skate park is really cool because it's a different community. It's, um, you know, uh, let's talk about Venice because Venice, Venice is one of, I have two home parks. I have Santa Monica Cove and I have Venice. And Venice can be a little tough on people because there are fights there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are gangsters. And uh, I mean, I'm talking really <laughs> like <laughs> there are people come there from all over the world. Uh, we've got kids. We've got just a mix of everybody in the planet. And if you have a skateboard, you're a skater. You are seen as a skater. If you are there and you're taking your turn and you're just, you know, you're there to skate. We all have the same goals. We're all cheering for each other. If somebody stops and gets hurt, someone's going to help you. That's just the way the community is. You have something in common. You're there for the same goal. You're there to better yourself. Mm -hmm. You also give advice to the others. It just happens so automatically. I can teach a little kid how to drop in a bowl. Have I ever stood on a skateboard? No. Advice <laughs> from the old lady in the wheelchair? Well, yes, they do. Um, but it's, it's, it's just this nice, solid community where people will, I feel protected too. Like if some crazy person comes there, the people who know me, are going to help me out. No questions asked. We're always, you know, they, they know where you are in the park. They know what you can do. Um, they pretty much know what's going on in your life because we talk to each other. Not skating, we're sitting together. Yeah. It's just, it's just a different community. It's a different kind of family where everybody understands where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you are high or whatever. That's not my deal. I just care if you're nice. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. I don't even care if you're a good skateboarder. But if you're kind, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all good. Yeah. That's nice to hear. Is it a lot of, like, teenagers? No. No? That's a it's all people like me. <laughs> yeah. And teenagers. And yeah. teenagers can be pretty, can be pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so incredibly nice. And it's kind of in, in this day and age, they're getting a bad rap. Yeah. A lot of teenagers. Totally. But these are some of the kindest kids. And so, you know, they're like, Oh my God, you're doing what? And it's like, and then I look at them and I look at the skate and I'm like, Holy moly, look what, you know, and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's it's a, a real give and take between, you know, I'm not their mother. 
And it's kind of, it's really good. It's a good thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not their mother. I'm not their teacher, but it's a mutual respect for adult to kid. And it happens with the other adults too. You know, people are, we're learning things from each other. Mm -hmm. I was at at a park, you know, it's like, I can learn something every day at a skate park. You know, I know what's going on in these kids' lives. And it's kind of, I was at a park today and I was trying to learn how to do this curb thing, how to ride on a curb. And I'd never done it before, but I got advice from these kids on scooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really It's not only cute. I mean, it's like they were really into it. And it's like I was watching them and they were doing these flippy things off of this ledge. And it's like, wow. You know, and they were explaining because I asked how they did it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I never get to talk to scooters very often because they're usually busy, but they were, you know, they were great kids. Yeah. Did you ever feel intimidated going to the skate park? Because I feel like I never go to the skate park. I just like, like skate on uh, my own on the street. So I feel like intimidated. So no, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I've been angry at a skate park. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they wanted to kick me out. Um, so I dropped in the biggest bowl they had and then I left. <laughs> oh my God. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. yeah, they said I couldn't skate there after selling me a $5 ticket or something. I was like, I was in San Diego. I was like, why did you sell me the ticket? Like, why would you not be allowed to be there? Um, I guess because wheelchairs aren't safe in skate parks. I don't know. That is infuriating. You know, it's kind of, you have to be in the proper mode to fight it. And I was down in San Diego just to skate and to see friends. And it kind of, I had heard about this park. And when they said, you can't do that, we're not going to help you. I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't need their help. Mm -hmm. And they said, said, if you hurt yourself, no, it was if you hurt yourself, we're not going to help you. Well, who said I was going to hurt myself? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's horrible yeah yeah so it was like okay whatever so you know i didn't hurt myself but i had a really good drop in the bowl that's um, so cool and that was like okay well yeah and then i wouldn't refund the ticket <laughs> but that's so cool that you dropped into the biggest bowl <laughs> i know and then left <laughs> that's it didn't have to help me out but that wasn't one of the employees it was like someone that came to pick up their kid yeah, uh-huh. that's cool. What was it like the first time you dropped into a bowl with your chair? I'm sure I must have been really frightened, but I don't remember. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I don't remember, but I i mean, I was frightened of doing a lot of things. Because um, nobody, I mean, I don't mind falling now, but if you're dropping into something, the falls can be pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't remember the first drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had any bad injuries? I did. I had a, um, I fractured my wrist. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate to admit that I was messing around when I did it. Um, <laughs> I'm really quite embarrassed about it because, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of the advice that you should give kids. You know, you, when you're skating, you should be focused. Don't go in there 
there and think that you could go in and mess around and not have a consequence. And it's the advice they're not going to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) It was on a slippery surface and I was just kind of messing around. And lo and behold, I slipped and I didn't know it was broken. Um, In fact, I was going to continue to skate, but it was before a world championship. um, My very first one. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to go have it looked at. It's probably just sprained. And then I'll go home and put it on ice. And then they're jabbing like painkillers in me. And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, well, it's, it's broken. You're going to need to see a doctor on Monday. And I'm like, why? Well, it looks like you might need, like, might need surgery. What do you mean? Oh my gosh. I know. So. Actually, surgery is probably the best thing for it. And it healed up. And I still went on the trip. I took pictures of everybody there. And I had a great time even not competing. I can't believe like how like nonchalant you are about your broken wrist. I didn't feel it. I yeah. honestly did not feel it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Just one of those things. Yeah. So. What's the coolest trick that you can do? The coolest trick? Uh, I would say is a vert uh, drop no handed. What is what is that exactly? <laughs> um, it would be like going off of a, a ledge the, that was straight up and down, and when you push off the side, and so they're called acid drops. So you push off the side and you go all the way to the bottom, and then you just do it without your hands. So you're mm-hmm. free falling, and then oh you my st- god. It's just so freeing. It, it's, it's very freeing. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Did you ever think that you would be doing these kinds of stunts? No. No. I, no, I didn't. Um, I, there's a, you know, and then, and then I thought, there's a lot of things that I never thought would happen. But that's kind of the story of my life. You know, I never thought that, I would have to give up my art. I never, or change it because it just changed it. I never thought that I would be giving up golf. Couldn't hold a golf club. I never, there's a lot of I never thoughts, but there's also a lot of I never thoughts on the positive side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of dreams change. Um, you know, I've got a dream coming through that I never even dreamed. Um, who knew it was possible? And, and it's kind of, it's not real until I actually land in Iowa. It's, and sorry, this is the, this is the do tour. And for a skater, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. And, and it's funny because I had gone, because I got to know a lot of these professional skaters because a lot of them live kind of along this coast. And, and I've gotten to know quite a few because of where I choose to skate. And so I, I went to watch and I go to these places and spend time with my friends and watching them. And so they usually have a little place where you can skate at the, you know, at these tournaments and it's a little skate park thing. And so I had joked with my friends, Oh, I'm going to drop in over there so I can say I dropped in at the do tour. Well, guess what? Two years later, because last year they didn't have it. Two years later, I'm going to be dropping in at the do tour. And it's, it's kind of, 
Was it a dream? I don't know. Was it a, I don't know, but it's kind of, okay, well, it can be a dream now. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be invited. So like, wow, this is way cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kind of training and stuff do you have to do to get ready for that? Um, I have to learn things like I, I've been going to street parks instead of I really like bowls because I love the feeling of flying around the curves and the, the dropping and all that. But now I'm going to concentrate more on riding rails and stairs. Um, stairs haven't been my friend because I don't see down. So I just kind of have to time the thump, 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 thump. And some stairs are not even. Some stairs are not even. And today I was playing with curves, but there was also a contest with curves. So it's like, okay, well, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of playing around and jumping off things and um yeah, I think the adrenaline will help me through. And um you know kind of looked at the course and it's hard to tell by pictures. Mm-hmm. But um you could have someone I might need someone to push me to get speed. So I've already asked somebody to do that who's gonna be there. So I think I've got it covered. That's so exciting. And I saw in your Instagram bio, you have hashtag Olympics 2028, I oh, think, in there. Olympics 2028, yes. Okay, so now I do have an Olympic dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have one younger. And the Olympic dream can happen in two ways. There's two alternatives here. The Olympics will be in my city of Los Angeles. Well, I'm in Santa Monica. We're not part of them. Um, but it's going to happen here. And my sport wants to be a part of the Olympics. They really do, the Paralympics. And so we're hoping for an invite. So that is dream number one. If that happens, then I would like to be involved. Mm-hmm. I will be 68. So I, there's a lot of hopes involved here. So I am hopeful that the sport will even be invited mm-hmm. you know to, to so yes i am hopeful if not you know I, i'll still have all my friends that skateboard in the olympics so i will be there <laughs> in either case i'll be there watching or i'll be watching my friends skate you yeah. know watching my friends skate or skating that's so, so cool yeah i wonder like how have you been able to stay so flexible with your dreams because i feel like so many people like we get it's so easy to get fixated on one thing, um, but I feel like yeah, you've been so open to your dreams changing. Um, because physically, my body has changed. Um, I guess I don't know. I, I feel like I've been lucky, and I, I was trying to think about this the other day when I when I was looking at your work, and I don't know that I can answer that. It's I've had to change. Um, I've had to be flexible. Or my other choice is I could sit on the sofa and watch TV all day. But I don't think that I would be happy then. Mm-hmm. And my biggest choice in life was just to choose happy. And, and, and that's, it, it, it's almost an easy choice when you come down to it because who wants to sit around and be sad? It's like, I don't like raising my voice. 
um, that's not, you know, I'll raise my voice to cheer and to be excited, but I don't want to use my voice in anger. That's also a choice. There's a lot of choices we make and choosing joy and happiness is, is kind of a no brainer. Um, I do understand that sometimes we need to be sad and not every day is going to be a best day ever, but you can pull yourself out of it. It's mm -hmm. kind of, you can always change what you are doing in that moment and do something different to distract your mind. Mm -hmm. so if I'm feeling really icky mentally, and that's a technical term there, icky. <laughs> I'll do something different. You know, I'll go out in the garden, you know, and, and, and focus on, on flowers or digging a hole or, or even playing with a dog. But I need to change a focus to something that is not in my head. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and plus I've put a lot of my bad stuff. I was a sculptor. Um, and then, and then I had to change that because I couldn't hold the tools and a lot of things were put into my art. So if I go and I, you know, go where my art is in the house, I can tell you what was happening in my head hmm. when each piece was made. Um, so now it's like I, I work with photographs and manipulate them mm -hmm. uh, and, and put things in art. Wow, that's cool. Um, I wonder, do you have any advice for people uh, wanting to start new things kind of later on? Because I know that you you just yeah. started skating not too, too yeah. long ago. Yeah, you know, skating was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And it started with me wanting to engage with the kids that I was volunteering for. It's like, you know, there's so many things to try out there. Um, you know, it, I had to change my art. I went back to my roots of high school with photography. Um, there's so many things to do there. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a big sport. Try, you know, a lot of people go places to play backgammon or mahjong or, uh, someone asked me if I wanted to play pickleball. I still don't know what it is. But I think, you know, there's so many things you can do. And, and if you are disabled, there's so many sports you can play. There is sitting volleyball. Um, basketball is actually a contact sport. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? <laughs> uh, the, there, are, there are sports that people probably don't even know about um, mm -hmm. that don't involve a lot of physical exertion. Um, bocce ball. Um, and honestly, people my age need to really get out. And I mean, I'm not saying 60 is old, but a lot of people do act old at 60 and there's still so much out there. Age is just a number. I mean, I could swear that I'm at least 25. I like that. I just that. that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you have any advice for like conquering fears as far as like you're doing all these like badass stunts and like I'm here on my longboard like trying to do things but I feel like it's so easy to get scared and be like no I'm just gonna go inside so I wonder if you have any advice uh 
to deal with the fears? Conquering fear. Um, you know, fear is, you know, I would almost say it's natural, but fear just keeps you from enjoying your, your, your sport. I mean, it, yeah, you could get hurt, but then what if you don't? What if you don't get hurt? What if you're successful? It's the opposite, isn't it? I mean, what if you have this beautiful experience? Fear is you're worried about failing, right? Mm-hmm. What if you don't fail? What if you have a beautiful experience? I want that beautiful experience. You've got to take a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear can be a motivator. And yeah, you know, sometimes I'm sitting up at the top of a bowl and fear to me is being frightened. But there's no better joy or adrenaline rush than having stepped over that line and crossed the fear boundary and becoming successful. It's very rare that you really mess up yeah yeah that is very true actually like i think back real fear like if you're going if you're running down the trail and a bear's coming the other way (laughs) but fear you know is we we put it in a lot of unnatural places and yeah i'm guilty of it but you have to look at the flip side so when I am out there at a, at a competition or something, and I think before I do these things, I watch myself perform. And I did this when I was a gymnast. I watched myself successfully perform. Where I'll stand up there and I watch myself successfully drop into the bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what it looks like when someone else does it. You know what it looks like when somebody else does the trick that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Watch yourself physically perform the trick. I'm going to try that tomorrow. <laughs> Just watch yourself, you know, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then do the trick. Mm-hmm. Watch yourself first. Get yourself mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I have two questions that I like to finish off every episode with. The first one is, um, what is something that you've been learning lately? Something I've been learning lately. Um, oh, boy, learning lately. Um, I, I think I just learned it over again, and I think it's the whole dream thing. You know, your dreams can change. Um, you know, don't, don't let your heart get set on one thing because your dreams definitely can change. Um, and or when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yeah, that's I a good quote. And I learn it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I like that. I have one last question, which you may have answered it right now too. Uh, but the question is, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far? The biggest lesson I've learned in life. Um is to just 
be yourself. People are not going to like you or they're going to like you. And it's going to hurt when they don't like you. But you still need to continue on your journey and be exactly who you are.